Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5 by 2 podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. For this episode, we're going to be talking with Ben and Casey Ellsbury as we will be continuing our discussion on 5 by 2 in the home. So Casey and Ben, thank you for taking the time to join the podcast. To get us started, like normal, can you just uh, share a little bit about, about yourselves? My name is Ben Ellsbury. I attended St. Peter's from kindergarten to eighth grade, and then I went to Columbus East, and then I went to Purdue, where I graduated with a degree in social studies education, which I don't use. I cut trees down instead. Who do you cut trees down for? My dad. Frank's Tree Care. Frank's Tree Care. I, just, I, I was giving you a free Got to plug it, yeah. yeah. No free ads. Yeah, I'm the youngest of three, and I've gone to St. Peter's my entire life. I'm Casey Ellsbury. I also attended St. Peter's K through 8th grade, uh, then went to East. And then I went to college at Ball State, decided that wasn't pl- the place for me. So then I moved to IU, where I got my degree in elementary education. And I do use my <laughs> college education uh, for my job. I'm a kindergarten teacher here in Columbus, and it's great. I love it a lot. So you had no problem saying Casey Ellsbury. Mm-hmm. For our listeners, you guys are still newlyweds, right? Yeah. Yes. How long has it been? We got married in September, so it's been seven months. A little over seven months. Yeah. Seven months, still living the honeymoon, right, Ben? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Right. In. That's the correct answer. <laughs> so uh, let's back up. Now, both of you have deep roots in St. Peter's, right? Yes. A couple mm-hmm. generations, Ben? I want to say like fifth generation. I know the Strudelmeyer family, which is my mom's side, has been a member for as long as a long time. My grandpa went to St. Peter's. My mom went to St. Peter's. So really, they have my whole family. Okay. And Casey? Same for me. I'm fifth generation. Uh, my mom went here. Her brothers went here. My mom's dad went here. His parents. Uh, so long, long St. Peter's roots in our side of the family. And so your side of the family is what, the Carruthers? The Carruthers, yes. So the Carruthers, the Beermans. Kind of oh, the Beermans. Now yes. there's a there's a name that people will recognize as a as a long term yes. family. Yes. Okay. That's my grandpa's mom was a Beerman. This is an interesting fact that I know that I think you need to share. How long have you guys been actually going out together, however, whatever phrase you want to use. This last March 4th, it was 10 years that we had been dating slash mm-hmm. married. We started dating in eighth grade here, March of our eighth grade year here. And it was consistent. There was never like a cooling off time, a nope. breaking up time. Nope. Yeah, never broke up. No no real stringent times or anything like that. It was all pretty easy. So Ben, were you the one that asked her out originally? I did, yes, in uh, Mrs. Trueblood's classroom during study hall. I asked her out, yes. First thing that you did as a couple, can you share that? Ben came over to my parents' house, and we watched a Pacers game. Oh, it was Pacers Heat Eastern was Conference it? Finals, I think. Yes, and we and, lost. And I knew nothing. I mean, I played basketball, but I didn't watch like the NBA or professional basketball or anything like that. So I pretty much just kind of like sat there the whole time and was just like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Ben, you're a pretty avid sports lover, right? Yeah, I'm definitely a giant Especially the, your favorite team is, of course. The Purdue Boilermakers. Sure. Yes. And so kind of a heartbreaking season for you this year? Yeah, but they all usually are heartbreaking, so I'm pretty used to it by now, even though this one was a little worse than normal. And Casey, you've learned to love sports, or is that something you tolerate because you love Ben? A little bit of both, I'd say. There, I, I love football. I love watching football. I've learned to love college basketball, especially after March Madness this year. It's kind of fun. Baseball's grown on me. Golf's grown on me. Turned soccer and wrestling and racing on. 
I don't know if I'm a huge fan of that, but I'm not either. So <laughs> it's what I, it's any kind of sports though. It's it's pretty much on all the time. So so you've gotten used to it. Oh yeah. So what is it that Ben does for you that you enjoy? Oh, I really like when he does yard work because I'm not a big yard work person. So he gets very excited to mow the grass, to go out and trim some trees. I guess I was asking the other way. Is there some pastime that you love that um, he has come to love? Not the, not the chores that he does for you. I don't know. For for the listeners, <laughs> she, she's making this face now. It's just interesting. Like you've given a lot to his pastime. I don't know. I mean, I've learned to love it. I just we just like spending quality time together. It doesn't really matter what we're doing, whether it's going to concerts or hanging out with family or having bonfires. We just kind of like to spend a lot of time together. As long as you spend well, the time. together. There's a lot of HGTV watching. There is. Yes. There's probably more. That I you enjoy that I now watch with you quite That's a bit. That's true. So it's either sports or fixer up or you own your own home. We do. Yes. You've done some fixing up. Yeah. We, our, the, our bathroom, our main bathroom, pretty much covered in mold when we moved in. So we had to paint that, put a new bathroom fan in. Hardware. Hardware. Getting ready to tile the floor in the bathroom. Yes. Are you tiling it yourself? Yes. Because yes. you watched enough HDTV. Oh yes. Yeah, it's only like sixty square feet or something, if even that big. So. It should be pretty easy. What's the next big renovation thing that you got planned, Casey? The kitchen. The kitchen? Ben loves to cook, and we don't have much counter space at all. And it's kind of outdated. It's it's very open, and there's no, like, it's very, very, like, spacious, but there's really no counter space or an island in the middle. So we also don't have a dishwasher, and neither of us like to do dishes. So that's that's the next big project on the list. But that's quality time, doing dishes together, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, when you help me. <laughs> oh, 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 wait a minute. Oh, wait, let's not, let's go a different path. Will you do the kitchen remodel yourselves, or will you bring oh, no. an expert uh, in for that? I think it's going to be a lot of work to do what we want to do, so we'll probably bring in a professional for yeah, that. Yeah. Well, we better get started for today. Yeah, so, Dustin, it, you want to introduce the topic? Yeah, so we're continuing the 5x2 the in the home. So in case you know people are kind of tuning in for the first time or whatever, um, George, you just want to kind of introduce just real quick five by two, like when we say five by two in the home, like what does that even mean? Sure. Uh, St. Peter's has always offered educational opportunities for people to grow in their faith. And over the years, we've, we've phrased it in different ways. We've called it the marks of discipleship or whatever, and we've included different things. But as we are starting to look at a lifelong discipleship plan, we wanted something that was easy to remember that had a good tag to it. Included things we've done before, but was uh, maybe had something that was easier to remember. And we came upon the story of the five loaves and the two fish, where the disciples didn't think they were adequately prepared to serve 5,000 people. Jesus takes five loaves and two fish and makes them expand to feed enough people. And so as we thought about that, we realized God's given us the tools to nurture our faith also. And we came up with five different discipleship disciplines, activities across two areas in our life. So the five things would be prayer, scripture reading, worship, blessing others, and meaningful conversation. And in the it's two, always, it's always interesting to hear you see, because I got a completely different order I say of. So it's always funny to listen to what order you say, but sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, and then the two areas of life would be in our personal lives. 
at work or with our immediate family. The other one would be within groups or in larger organizations. You know, so if we would be in a small group, as our small group would do those things, or if we would be with our congregation. So that's an in and an out, and so that that's kind of a flexible area there that we're still kind of tweaking the the concept on. But the idea. Five disciplines in two areas of our life. So as we talk to people, we do those things as a congregation, but most of the people that are talking to us have those kind of things that they're doing in their life. And so as we talk to you, Ben and Casey, we're kind of looking for how that happened in your early life because you guys, young adults, newlywed, have come back to St. Peter's, are active participants. Before we tell everybody how you grew into that, why don't you give us a little bit of information about what you're currently doing at St. Peter's? What are you active in? What do you? What's your routines? How do you serve or what do you do at St. Peter's? So when Night of Praise started, we would help set up things the morning of. Uh, we were pretty consistent with that. I was on the call committee for Pastor Adam, which was a very cool experience. We attend Night of Praise, help with the takedown now, um, are at church every Sunday. If we're not there, we're watching it on TV. Yeah, definitely. Night of Praise is a big thing that we Especially at the beginning, we did a lot of help setting up for it. Um, now it's mostly going on Saturdays and helping tear down if we're there. For me, on Wednesday nights, I'm in a small group with you, George, and then a couple other guys. So that's been a really big thing for me. That's, we've been doing it now for about a year and a half, I think. And that's really helped draw me into the church and make me feel connected, for sure. So those are the things that are, you're doing now to stay connected to St. Peter's. Let's back up now. Both of you grew up at St. Peter's, but many of the people who you went to school with here have kind of walked away from St. Peter's and even to the church in general. Mm-hmm. What was it that happened in your homes that kind of connected you early on to St. Peter's and to the Christian faith? Well, I mean, for us, going to church every Sunday was, I mean, that's what we were going to do, um, or if we had to on Saturday. But my mom was going to wake us up if we wanted to or not. We were going to go to church at 1045, and then they were going to stand out in the narthex and talk to people for 30 minutes, and then we were going to go get lunch and watch the Colts game. That was like every Sunday. If we just couldn't argue, we had to go every week. So maybe that's why, but. I don't know, it was a big push for us, for me at least. So you couldn't argue. Did you ever want to argue about coming? Most weeks. I mean, like every kid, I feel like, you know, you'd rather sleep in on a Sunday, even though it's already like 930 and you should probably be awake anyway. Your parents were kind of active in the church, weren't they, Ben? They were. My mom was part of school board when I was younger, and then she moved into church council. But yeah, they've always been big parts of, you know, volunteering here and there. And even now they're worship assistants. Is that what they're yep, called? That's, yeah, that's what they're called. Yeah, like once a month or once every few weeks. So they've been doing that now for a couple of years. All right, Casey, how about you growing up? Yeah, kind of the same thing. You know, we went to church every Sunday, whether you wanted to sleep in or not, went to church. It's something that I kind of learned to love was just going to church. It's that routine. We also just going to school here K through eight was very much a, when you get home, we're going to practice your memory, talk about the Bible stories that you heard about today. Make sure, you know, we always said our prayers before we ate dinner or lunch or breakfast, whatever it was, always said prayers before we went to bed. And then also with, you know, us being generational here, my cousins also went here too. And so any family gatherings that we had, we always would start the meal with a, a blessing and talk about what the, the message was at, at the service that day or something like that. So faith was just kind of 
always a part of my life and not really something that I ever really had to think about. It was just something that kind of came naturally just because partly because my family was very church based and we went to school here. So it just kind of came naturally. Let me push a little hard on it. When did you feel that it was your faith and not just your parents' faith? In college. When I went to Ball State, none of my friends from school went with it, with went with me. Um, so it was very much a new ball game of meeting new people and putting myself out there and I just really missed all my friends because we were a really close group. I mean, the people that we graduated from St. Peter's with, we're all still super close and see each other every couple weeks. So I just kind of missed that. And it was kind of a struggle to be up there by myself. So I really started doing devotions. Ben and I would FaceTime every night and do a devotion, Bible verses on the wall. My roommates were faith-based. So having that like journey of my own, like learning how to trust a little bit more on my own was kind of where I was like, okay, this is where I'm going to take take charge and really push myself to, to feel my faith. Ben, do you have a time in your life that you say, like, this is when I really grab my faith as my own? Yeah, I'd probably say for me it's a little later than Casey, maybe like right after college, probably kind of when you, after you invited me to join the small group. Yes, we did, you know, we did the devotions and when we were both in college together, whether it was like FaceTiming or whatever we had to do. But at a certain point later, it became kind of easy for me to, not go to church on Sundays and to sleep in. And then even when I got home from college, it was like come up with excuses, even though I was still, I was living with my parents for a while, even come up with excuse not to go on Sunday or to not go to church. But once I had someone like you and those other guys that are part of our small group start to, you know, really keep me connected and keep me wanting to really start pursuing my faith again, that's really when I started to I feel real again, started to like take those steps, come back to my faith and to grow stronger in it. Dustin, I'm going to ask you that. When I think we've talked about it before, but when was it that you really kind of felt like this is my faith? I know that you and Sarah are very, very connected to the Lord now, but for me, you know, I grew up going to LCMS church and, and everything, but it really wasn't until college where I really felt that personal relationship with the Lord. And at that point, Jesus transformed me, my thinking and the way that I acted. And, and obviously it's a process, right? Just it's a process, but but yeah, college was that that point for me. Got to use different steps along the way, but some different friends and, and professors. I went to Concordia University in Seward, Nebraska. And so having teammates on the basketball team and, and things like that, that, that God used to really impact me. And um, yeah, like I said, it was it was in college. Jesus transformed me and been on, on that uh, journey ever since. So as we go along, you've, you two have both mentioned some things that you're involved in now. So if you were talking to other young adults... They're maybe getting out of college. They're starting to get their lives connected. Some of the friends that you had at St. Peter's, maybe that you don't see in the pews on a Sunday, what would be some advice you would give them to reconnect or to, to re-engage in their faith life? Probably because it's so important to me now is just to find, which is hard, and there's tools at St. Peter's to help, but to find a group of people, you know, either around your age or similar, who kind of looking to get reconnected, look looking to you know, start taking that walk again. Because it's easy when you do it with friends and have people that, you know, help you along and keep you motivated to actually want to pursue Christ. Yeah, I would say don't be afraid to jump in. I feel like it can be kind of intimidating when you see this big church and all the people that are already involved. But I think with all the changes happening at St. Peter's, a lot of exciting things are happening and people may not know about it. So I think that if you're wondering maybe how you can get back involved or what is out there for you, don't be afraid to ask questions. Just even if, you know, you don't come in with that group of friends, it's okay to ask questions. We're here to help and we're super excited to have new people come in. Casey, I know you're kind of a take charge person. Yeah, a little and you bit. Li- you like things organized. <laughs> and ben, you're kind of more laid back. Yeah. You know, so 
again, you've got different personalities, but you've found ways then to connect that match your personality. Yeah. Did you volunteer to be on one of those committees? You were on the, what, the, the pastoral call committee? Yeah, I was asked to be on it. And at first I was kind of like, I don't know, that's, that's a kind of a big deal. I don't know if I'm equipped. You know, I, I was the youngest person that they asked to be on the call committee, but then it's a, it's a great way to get involved. So I said, sure, why not? And it was great. And then for Night of Praise, were you guys recruited for that or did you jump into that? So my brother and his wife, they were, they, they, they started helping a lot and then they kind of, it was kind of really at the right at the beginning and there wasn't much help <laughs> to get set up. I think most weeks it would be Casey and I, my brother, Evan, his wife, Sarah, and you and your wife would be there. That really would be it. Most, most weekends getting ready now you and your wife you're t- you're pointing at dustin sorry dustin yeah. And Sarah, yeah yeah i i have to say that the ellsbury family as you guys have said both of you helping out was huge and especially in that early early on getting night of praise going so yeah extremely thankful to the ellsbury family for stepping up in numerous ways whether it was set up takedown hospitality all of that so yeah they they were extremely helpful if you had a preferred worship style would it be a night of praise style or do you have a different style that you like i don't know that i have one preferred i we really like going to night of praise just because it's more comfortable and laid back and i feel like you see people there that you may not see at an eight o'clock service or even at ten forty-five. but then at the same time i still like attending those classical services sometimes and also just ten forty-five. I don't really have a preference. Yes, I agree. I mean, I enjoy the the night of praise style, but then we went this past Easter. We went to the eight a.m. service, and it was felt a lot more traditional. and just felt like a good church like Easter. Service. It yeah, was it Easter. felt like Easter. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, do you guys pick a service on the weekend depending on what's going on, or do you have a normal service you go to? Uh, generally, ten forty-five. I mean, that's when my parents go, my brother and sister go. So, if we all go, we sit together. And my whole my my family, we've gone ten forty-five my whole life. So, I don't know. that's what's easy for us. C- Casey, was your family normally a ten forty-five family? Yeah, we were very much a ten forty-five family. I think your grandma and a lot of your cousins are eight o'clockers. Yep. We like our sleep a little bit more than they do. If you're thinking about St. Peter's, you've heard Pastor John talking about the Vision 28, where we're looking at growing younger and growing deeper. When you hear that for you as young adults, what does that mean to you? How does that make you feel? When you hear that, what do you think of? It makes me really excited because after, well, I guess when COVID hit and we all kind of moved home, I kind of felt like there wasn't a place in the church for us anymore just because we weren't married yet or we didn't have kids that came to school here and so we just kind of felt like we were in this awkward limbo so when I hear the growing younger and deeper it makes me excited to have people that are our age and feel like we're kind of in that middle zone having a space to come back it seems like most of the leaders now besides some of our new well all of our new pastors are a little bit older no offense George but a little bit of the older side so it's like you look ahead and you're going, you know, who's going to be the next group of people to step up and take on those roles that, you know, so many people have done for many years. And I think it's cool because, I mean, it takes you or Casey or I or anyone else our age or around our age to be the one to, you know, step into your shoes or step into anyone else's shoes going forward for our church. I also think it's cool, too, because it's showing various generations and people of various ages that we can all have leadership roles, which then can show the kids that go to school here, or kids that haven't quite become of age to go to school here, that they can maybe have these leadership roles one day too, no matter what age they are. Is there something we could do better? You mentioned during COVID and right after, do I still fit in? It seems that a lot more young adults in the past 
10, 15 years have kind of walked away from church and said, there's nothing for me. You've obviously found something, but is there something we need to do more? Something that you might suggest St. Peter's can do to encourage young adults to get connected? Say it seems like a no brainer, but more of a focus on college students, you know, former kids that went to St. Peter's or were part of St. Peter's small group or youth group. We didn't really have any organized structure when we were in college. I mean, we had Darren and Carol Wettrack were probably our, our leaders all throughout high school. You know, they were very big on keeping up on us, but they they had, I think they were still doing stuff for like the younger, younger kids. So we didn't really have that connection that we felt kind of like, he said, we were in that limbo of, you know, none of us were married. We don't have kids. We don't really have a reason for the church maybe to come to us and try and keep us involved. But we know that, you know, once we have kids that they'll want us to be back involved. So I think just having some sort of college program for college students, you know, Maybe it's during the summer or visits, but a way to keep those kids engaged. Because for Casey and I, I think when we were in high school, I can probably say that's when my faith is, was was the strongest because we were going to youth group every Sunday. We were going to church every Sunday. You we know, were both di- on the youth leadership team, yeah, too, with, with Venture. Yeah, so we, we were really, really involved and in going to National Youth Gathering, all, the, all that stuff. And it felt like graduate high school, go to college, and okay, hope, hopefully you come back in 10 years when you have children so you can kind of get started again. Just felt like we were, no one was looking after us when we left and took those steps. Casey, you want to add anything to that? No, I think he, you're, he you're got You're not it. allowed to shake your head. You have to actually say <laughs> something because we're not being video. No, I agree. I think if there was something that I wish would have been different the last few years for us, it, it would have been someone to be, you know, even if it is like a, a weekly devotion on, on Zoom or something like that, something to keep us accountable and, I don't know, some sort of like night of praise service for college students virtually because we could be all over the place. I don't know, something that would reach out to you no matter where you're at. The fact that you both said that just kind of says that you maybe will help to plan that kind of a ministry. I would like to, yeah. Well, and there is an aspect to it because, as you said, Ben, some of the leadership is getting older, and I would, you know, look back, I go, well, what do college students even want? Uh, what do they need? You know, I know how to do Zoom. Is that just, is that the media that we use, or is it? Uh, you know, I had sent for years, right, when I was doing youth ministry, I would send a devotion by email, but that's that's old school now. Nobody listens, you know, looks at devotions on email. Again, as our congregation is acting out their faith every day, what can the general pew sitter, the member of St. Peter's, do to make young adults feel more welcome? Just say hi. Starting the conversation and greeting each other, getting to know each other, welcoming each other. It's a, a great way to start, I think. Yeah, 100%. I mean, just because there's a difference in age doesn't mean can't be conversations that can be had between two different age groups about really anything. So say hi. Even if it's a meaningless 10-second conversation, it opens the door for maybe a future conversation or something like that. Now, you aren't the first folks that have sat with Dustin and I and shared that. And so I'm just encouraging all of our listeners, say hi. We've been told that we need to be more friendly and everybody says that, and if everybody would just do that, then that would be great. Yeah, hospitality is is huge, and being welcoming and helping people make sure that they feel like they belong here. I think that's huge. That's what we've tried to create with Night of Praise is really have a volunteer team hospitality that are just it's nothing complicated. It's literally smiling and saying, hi, here's some, here's some lemonade or water, or here's some snacks, but really trying to make people feel like you belong here. And so I think, yeah, the hospitality, like I said, it's some of those easy steps that maybe sometimes we take for granted, but it's just, just make sure that however you can 
do to create that kind of warmth for people as they come in. Being friendly is huge. Now, I know that we brought back the greeting people in the pews, and some people love that. Those of us that are extroverts, we we could just greet people for hours, but uh, some folks are not as appreciative of that. But there again, just you don't have to have a huge conversation. Like you say, just, hey, how are you doing? Good morning, something like that. I've visited some other churches where it seems like they really love each other. That time is like they're giving hugs and they're they're shaking hands and then encouraging each other. I've been to other churches where it seems very artificial. And so what we'd be hoping for is it'd be a real, hey, I do have friends here. I do have people that want to just greet me. They want me to be here. Again, you've given us some good ideas to think about. If you would have one picture in your mind for what St. Peter's looks like five years from now, this is this is the big one that isn't on our list of prepared questions, but I know you're planning on being a part of this congregation for a long time. What would you like to see in five years? We're talking about the Vision 2028, and John's got a few things that he's listed for us, and John and Adam share, shared those in, his Bible, in their Bible study on Sunday morning. What would you, as the future, well, the now and future leaders, right? Because both of you are and in some aspects of leaders in the congregation already, but as now and future leaders, what would you like to see? I think I'd like to see whether it's like monthly or biweekly events for the people of our congregation to get together and, you know, get to know each other. I think back to the various events we'd have, you know, when we were younger children, fall fair, which I guess we did bring back last year, correct? We did have a fall fair this yeah, year. Yeah, so stuff like that to really get engagement, get that community built back up, because, you know, what I was saying earlier, like, I feel like my family used to stand outside of the narthex after every church and we'd stand there tapping my foot. We'd be talking for, they'd be talking to people for like 45 minutes. Like, can we leave please? And now it feels like church is cleared out and you know, last song church is cleared out in five minutes. It feels like sometimes. So just somehow, somehow building back up that community that I feel like should be here with how many people that go here, you know, something like that should be what we have. I agree. And I think, I think we've got a good start, you know, like with the gingerbread bash and then the, the glow in the dark Easter egg hunt. I think that's great. That's fantastic. But things like that and maybe some things that aren't specifically geared towards the younger children too, something like adult events or something like that too, like maybe like a a black party for St. Peter's or something like that, some sort of outreach. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be for just members of our church either, like anyone, something open that you can invite your friends to that maybe fallen out of the church to bring them back into the fold of everything. Well, Dustin, you have a few last words as you've been listening to this. Dustin usually does our processing and <laughs> yeah, wrap up. And, yeah, thank you to, to Ben and Casey. Um, yeah, I think think some great ideas and um, some great input just as we think about the future and, and Vision 28. So appreciate all that. And as, as Casey kind of mentioned earlier, if people are looking for that community ask questions, ask George or I or, or anybody on staff, ask questions. I think another spot to, if you're looking for like places to connect is sometimes just serving. I know, you know, like you guys helped with Night of Praise and, and different, I think those are some ways too that is maybe a little bit easier way to like just come in, I'm going to help and hopefully get to meet some people in that way. So courage if, if, you know, people are out there looking for ways to connect, maybe it's just, hey, volunteering and serving. And, you know, I know we had, ton of volunteers for glow and those types of things and those are just kind of some fun ways just to get to know people and and meet people in a maybe more casual type type environment if anybody has those questions make sure please don't ever hesitate to reach out but but yeah i just appreciate all the thoughts and 
because I always try to bring it back to the, the five by two. I know we talked about, you know, when you guys talked about the kind of FaceTiming, doing devotions, being in God's word and um, spending time in prayer. And then how do we, how do we continue to think about how do we have those, how do we bless others and how do we have meaningful conversations? And you guys kind of talked about the intergenerational conversations and continuing that as well. And how do we equip ourselves to know how to have those types of conversations with people, I think is going to be huge moving forward as we talk about one of the, the motives is reaching the one. And so part of what you guys are talking about with some of those um, events, it's, it's the, they're missional minded, like how, what's an easy way to invite people in and then be able to build that relationship and that trust. Cause really what it comes down to is just building relationships with people and being equipped and knowing how to, to share, share the gospel, but really just comes down to how do we love and care for people and, and just genuinely want to get to know their story. So uh, let me just put a pitch in here too. If, if you've got a question that our discussion is spurred for you, or you're not sure who to talk to, you can always uh, send an email to gotquestions at stpeters-columbus.org. Gotquestions, just one word, gotquestions, at stpeters-columbus.org. I, read, uh, I monitor that daily, and so if there's a question you have, any question, a theology question, a question about how to get involved, a question about something that we brought up here, just send those, send those there. I may answer it myself, or I may send you to somebody else, but we want to answer those questions. We want to get you connected. Yeah, or you can just send George some trivia questions if you like to. But again, thank you to, to Casey and Ben for joining us, and uh, we hope you as the listeners will keep joining us as we uh, discuss discipleship and the 5 by 2 Now go out and serve God and others.